Logical faith is a discussion on the logical nature of faith. Faith is logical. The first impulse you may have is to dispute this. On what grounds, you will ask, am I saying faith is logical? Will you argue you do not believe in faith because you believe in logic? What does the phrase mean, faith is logical? Do we not believe what we believe? Do we not have faith in our own beliefs? To say one rejects faith is to reject the only thing we can be certain of, by definition, our beliefs. If we do not have faith, we cannot have certainty. There cannot be two truths. There cannot, logically speaking, be two competing logics. If there is truth, we have to believe it or truth loses meaning. We must, by definition, have faith in what we believe. Logic, if followed religiously, can only lead to one logical conclusion. Some things just cannot be argued against by sane persons. Logic commits us to the proposition that logic exists. If logic exists, which it must if we are to be rational, the logic must be coherent. By definition, logic excludes everything that is not logical. These things, which are not consistent with logic, must be logically excluded. This suggests, or assumes, or even logically necessitates, a reality that is logical. Reality is, and must be, inherently and intrinsically logical. But this is, poses a problem for the relativist. Believers in contingent truth have a difficult time reconciling relativism with logic. If logic is all that we assume it to be, how can truth be contingent? A reality that is composed of contingent truth and a reality that is logical are incompatible ideas. If we believe reality is objective but only known as probabilistic truths, how can we have faith in the absolute truths of logic? The belief that a reality caused by casual events, would by chance correspond to human ideas about what has to be true, because the facts cannot be any other way, is logically jarring. In other words, logically speaking, how can physical reality be logical when there is nothing absolute about physical reality? Logic is symbolic, and that is about as far away that one can get logically from natural reality, or at least away from the naturalist conception of reality. We cannot have faith in a contingent reality and faith in the absolute truths of logic. One has to give way for the other. Let's be honest. There is a vast juxtapositional gulf between natural science and logic. Their ideas about truth and logic and reality are at odds with one another and cannot be reconciled. Natural science is a science of small incremental steps with tedious and time-consuming verification procedures implemented at every point along the way to get a contingent truth that is supposed to represent an unknowable objective reality. This is not logic, and some might say it is not logical. Logic looks at what must be because our human minds tell us this is so. Logic does not really care about what reality looks to us or what our experiments say. Logicians do not think this is a reliable way to determine absolute truth. 
It may give us an idea how to do some desired action, but it does not explain why things are as they are or why things work as they do. If we cannot imagine white and black being the same thing, then they must be diametrically opposed and even incompatible, so it goes with many concepts. Which leads us to another realization. Our logic is only as good as our definitions. This is logically absurd in a physical reality. What has our definitions got to do with anything? What can it matter if we define reality in a sloppy and possibly contradictory way? So our ideas are not precise. How can this change anything? What has human conceived definitions got to do with anything that is real? Reality is objective and beyond the ability of the human mind to change anything. Yet remember, God told Adam to name the animals. Must he also not have named everything else? Regardless, say the secularist, reality is reality. Solipism has long been discredited. We cannot know reality directly. This means we cannot change it with our minds, which proves reality is not just an illusion. Concepts are concepts belonging to the mind, and ideas or labels are just words we attach to things. Words and concepts have no real meaning and no substance. They are just conventions. There are many languages and many different labels attached to the same thing. The thing is real, though not directly perceived. Words are just sounds in the air and ideas in the head of sentient beings. This is so, but a rose is still a rose regardless of the name. It is not and never will be a tulip, and less so a monkey. So what does this do to evolution if our language labels are absolutes and evolution contingent and relative? Indeed, if reality is contingent and truth relative, how do absolutes exist, even logical absolutes? Why do we think of truth as an absolute? if we think of rel reality in relativistic terms. A quick response would be to say the one has nothing to do with the other. Surely, however, our view of reality must be in reality and have some relationship to it. When we look at a river, we see something, but this is a complex observation. We see a flowing mass of water and may identify this as a river. Flowing water is what the definition of a river is, but this is an interesting because what we see is not just water moving between two banks. Water is the main component, and there are two banks, and the water is moving, and this is sufficient to satisfy the definition of a river. But a river can come close to being a creek, or it can be a massive body of water that cannot be seen across and could be mistaken for a lake were it not so long. Creeks are so small that the idea of a river does not seem to fit. Mentally, we have a different idea of what a river is and what a little bubbling creek is. But the same mental discomfort comes over us when we see the Mississippi or the Amazon rivers. These great rivers are so overwhelming that calling them rivers does not seem quite right. There is a logical coherence to our mental imagery. Reality may be disorganized, but mentally we want to spew things in discrete categories. Snow may be frozen rain, but we all see snow as different forms of snow. Even though we do not have as many terms for snow as an Eskimo, we
we do try and categorize snow in different ways and create terms to cover at least a few basic types. Why is that? What does it matter what rivers or snow is called? Is not a rose a rose and a tree a tree? Yet we have specialists whose life is spent in identifying the many different species of trees and the things that are connected to each tree, specifically and uniquely. Definitions do matter to us, and for most people, words and definitions matter a lot. Definitions do matter, otherwise, grammar Nazi, as a term, would not exist. At the same time, a river is far, far more than the definition would suggest. Rivers are highly complex ecologies, and each river and each area of a river is unique. The fact that we call a river a river, simply because it is a flowing body of water, suggests the ideas out of which the concept river is composed matter more to us than the actual elements that go into making up an actual river. No one cares when identifying what a body of water is, how many fish are in the river, or what kind. The degree of sedimentation in a river, or its biodiversity of flora, is immaterial to the concept, so long as we have a body of water flowing between two banks, we have a river. Which is interesting, because what banks are and what flowing is also has more to do with their definitions and constituent concepts than anything we might say is real. Yet atheists will declare God does not exist, because they cannot see him. We cannot see a lot of things that we know exist, and a lot of things we say we see has little to do with our position on their existence. Ideas like a river has more to do with their definition than our perception. As some have noticed, when one steps into a river, it is not the same river one stepped into when one walks out the other side. Even our bodies are under a constant process of change. Empiricism cannot prove the river exists, except in the same sense of a definition that has no real physical correlate. What is a bank? Humans know, but science cannot experimentally verify that what we call a river bank exists. Ultimately, it is our judgment as to what constitutes a bank of a river. At best, an experiment can confirm what we have configured the concept to confirm. If we define river as a flowing body of water, no wider than 300 yards, nor less than one yard wide, then we can scientifically establish that what we see fits into our definition. By measuring the width of the river at some point and seeing it is within those parameters. However, scientifically, the mouth of the river and the head of the river would not be part of the river since their dimensions would fall outside of the definition of what a river is. Mentally we need to define and categorize, but reality never actually coincides with our definitions. Our minds easily create invisible lines and boxes containing groups of things, but there is nothing similar to our mental categories in reality. So how can our mental categories and divisions make sense to us when they do not make sense in reality? All of our parameters used to designate what a thing is can be called into question. Is a flowing body of water 301 yards wide something other than a river? Conceptual reality is all about definitions. Gravity is proven to exist because we prove something 
fits into our definition of what gravity is. We say God does not exist because atheists have defined reality as a totality of things that include entities composed of matter, energy, space, and time, but not those things we say are not in reality and are consequently members of a class we label supernatural. Reality is defined as containing all visible and perceptible things, but nothing that is not visible and measurable within the parameters established within the four dimensions of space and time. God does not exist according to atheists, because existence is that which exists separate from God. Existence is defined in a way that excludes God and exists and indeed precludes the possibility of God. The great certainty atheists have regarding the non-existence of God rests solely on how they define reality. Atheists know the existence of God cannot be proven because reality necessitates God to not exist for reality to exist in the way atheists have defined it. God, for atheists, does not exist by definition, but it is only the definition of existence that provides reason for the assumptions atheists make. Herein lies the problem, for the atheist definition of reality is of necessity contingent. By this we mean the very way atheists are forced to think about reality and God, in order for them to merit the rejection of God, means they are committed to a truth that is synthetic. Synthetic truth cannot achieve absoluteness. Therefore, their denial does not afford them total, total certainty. Contingent truth, by definition, is never absolute. It cannot be. Therefore, absolute truth and contingent truth are incompatible. Anyone who says the evidence against God is absolute, or that it is absolutely impossible for God to exist, are contradicting their idea of what truth is. To die, deny God requires we subscribe to the proposition all truth is contingent, but in so doing we have lost certainty and absoluteness. Secular truth is contingent, probabilistic, and relative. Empiricism only increases the probabilities that a proposition is true. Any proposition based on synthetic truth cannot be verified in an absolute way. Regardless of how remote the possibility may be, the impossibilities of an event are never zero. Therefore, within secularism, any scenario can be floated. Nothing is absolutely impossible. There is a chance we may derive from aliens or a union of chimp and pig. Atlantis could have existed and the Mafia may have contracted to shoot Kennedy. The only thing atheists say is absolutely impossible is the existence of God. To know this is to rely on analytical truth, but analytical truth is not compatible with synthetic truth. God is required analytically. God is a logical necessity within analytical truth. This is why the concept of God is not compatible with synthetic truth, because for synthetic reality, absolutes are not possible. If we adopt the proposition that truth is synthetic, 
then we cannot adopt the proposition God exists because such a proposition is incompatible with the reality in which we have located ourselves. If we assume then that reality exists and is objective and we can only know reality indirectly then God cannot exist. But this is illogical because nothing can be eliminated with the absolute certainty but any absolute statements have validity only in an analytical framework. Synthetic reality can neither reject God absolutely nor embrace God totally. Both positions are incompatible with its, with the synthetic worldview, as nothing can be absolutely included or excluded. Synthetic reality is inherently paradoxical. However, this conclusion is itself paradoxical. If reality is objective, then it cannot be paradoxical. If we can only know this objective reality indirectly, then all our knowledge is indirect and contingent. But if reality is objective, how can it produce synthetic truth? If truth is objective, why is there no objectivity to our knowledge of reality? Why is our understanding always relative and partial? Why cannot an objective reality give us absolute truth? This is the paradox. The only absolute truth we have is analytical truth, and only analytical truth is con consistent with the existence of God. Only with analytical truth do we have certainty, so only within analytical framework is there absolute certainty and therefore faith. Faith is logical because only logic can give us faith that is logical. To have faith in contingent truth is irrational as by definition contingent truth is always open to modification. There are only two options, logically speaking. Logically, we cannot think of any other choices. When God created everything, he created logic and thus his reality controls the way we think logically. We are either logical or not. If we are logical, then our truth is absolute. If truth is absolute, it is based on analytical reasoning, meaning logical reasoning. God's truth is analytical truth and is not consistent with synthetic truth, nor is the reality God created consistent with claims that an objective reality exists that cannot be verified other than contingently. But as contingent truth is always open to interpretation and modification, empiricism cannot be relied on for absolute truth. Therefore, the best we can do when we reject analytical reality is to embrace a probabilistic reality that we cannot prove exists. God does not and cannot exist in a contingent reality. Atheists know this and Christians know this. We agree to this. Nothing that is absolute can exist in a synthetic worldview. God is absolute and conceptual knowledge is absolute. Information is based on the absolute truth of conceptual information created by symbols given meaning. Synthetic and analytical truth are incompatible ideas about truth. The idea of an objective reality and the belief that reality is composed of information contained in concepts 
conveyed through symbols are inherently incompatible. Only one of these worldviews can exist. And of the two, the one that is relative and contingent cannot be true by definition. Regardless, the idea that reality is objective is an idea, a concept that is analytical in origin. Thus faith is logical, because faith is based on logic and logic is the only truth. Truth is absolute, truth is logical, and the only thing we can have faith in is what is logical and absolute. God is the epitome of logic and truth. God is truth and therefore God is logic enshrined. If your faith is not absolute, you are embedded in the fictions of synthetic reality.